0: Hello, and welcome back to the third and final episode of Movie Rec on Rec, with your co-hosts Elizabeth Zong and
1: Andrea Shang. We're really sad that this is our last episode, but we're going to finish it off with a bang.
0: That's right. Today we will be discussing Chicago. Released in 2002, this movie is an adaptation of the famous Broadway musical Chicago. It follows the story of two young women, Roxy and Velma, as they battle for media attention. Oh, and did we mention that the both are in jail for murder? Yeah. Those details. It's
1: okay. Well, this film features Renee Zellweger as Roxy Hart, Catherine Zeta Jones as Velma Kelly, Richard Gere as Billy Flynn, Queen Latifah as Nature and Mama Morton, and John C. Riley-, Riley as Amos Hart.
0: Alrighty, let's get on with it. <laughs>
1: reactions
0: after finishing this movie. I loved it. The way everything was shot from the storylines to the music, it was all amazing. And I think one of the main reasons why it was shot so well is because the editor did a great job relaying the sense of chaos to the audience. Like at the end of the movie, when the audience is all over Roxy and Velma for their stellar performance, the, she- the scene was shot with half-second clips strung together to show how fast things were happening and you could really understand the chaos from the audience perspective.
1: Mm-hmm, I definitely agree. I really really enjoyed the way that the movie was filmed, especially the way that they sometimes layered two scenes over each other and then flashed back and forth between them. I think a very clear example of this was in the beginning when Roxy was singing on top of the piano while at the same time Amos was confessing that he didn't shoot Casey. And of course, we can't forget the fact that the musical numbers were absolutely spectacular.
0: Yes, I totally agree with you that the movie was really good overall. But I don't think the characters were as great as the movie.
1: Now, speaking of the characters, you guys know the drill by now. We are going to go right on ahead and order the characters from worst to best. Starting with our least favorite character, Roxy Hart. Now, Roxy is
0: a terrible person. Not only she treated Amos like dirt from the start of the movie to the end. And in the beginning, not only did she have an affair with someone, she also murdered that someone and made Amos take the blame for the murder, and got mad at Amos, even though he was trying to confess something that he didn't even do.
1: Mm -hmm. And later on, Amos goes into debt, trying to get the money to pay Bill to to help Roxy's case. But she still doesn't treat him well after that. At the end of the case, where he rushes up to her with happiness that she's finally won, she pays him no attention. She shoots him down and tells him that She completely lied about the baby, and she immediately rushes to the window to see where the press went because they didn't want her picture. Now, the next character was a very close second because of how similar she was to Roxy, and you're probably not surprised at all to hear that it's Velma Kelly.
0: Now, I think this is largely due to the fact that they have very similar personalities, and in the end, they want the same thing, so they're able to put their differences aside, but basically throughout the entire movie, they just show how selfish they are, how conceited. And I think because they're vying for the same thing, which is the attention from the public, it just brings out the worst in them.
1: Mm -hmm. Overall, we strongly dislike both of these characters. However, I think we like Velma's character slightly better. Now, Roxy murdered someone and cheated on her husband. Well, Velma only murdered murdered someone, and she was the one that was being cheated on. But... The one defining factor was definitely the way that Roxy treated Amos.
0: Now, for our third-ranked character, we discussed giving it to Billy Flynn or Mama, but in the end, we decided that Billy was just a worse character overall.
1: Yeah, he didn't really have any morals, and he was always all about the money. Now, another big thing was that he was quite a liar. He made up many, many outlandish stories to manipulate the press, and he was a very two-faced character.
0: Yeah, and I think we can definitely see his two-facedness um, when he was dealing with Amos. So when Amos goes up to him, um, and he's trying to scrounge up the, the $5,000 to pay him, he only manages to get 2000 And Billy very harshly says to him that he had one job, which was to bring the $5,000. But then you see there's a really quick turnaround, and he suddenly says, you know what, I'll take it for $2,000. Because apparently, he was touched by his loyalty to his wife which we later see that that's just not true at all. And we see this with Roxy and Velma. He doesn't honor his deals. And when Velma pays him the full amount, the full $5,000, once Roxy takes over the press, Velma's court date is replaced by Roxy's because she...
1: Yeah, overall, he was a very arrogant character. He thought very highly of self because he knew he was important. And although... We did mention a lot of the bad things that he did. He didn't actually murder anyone, which still puts him above both Roxy and Velma, but it's a very low bar here. Yes.
0: Now, moving on to Mama, I think we just liked Mama's character better overall. You know, she's a strong, independent woman throughout the entire film. She knows how to play the game. She runs the game, and she doesn't let others play her. And I think the way her character was portrayed just makes you more inclined to like Mama better than
1: Billy. Yes, but I think the biggest deciding factor was the way that she honors her word. At the beginning, she made it very clear that if you help Mama, she will help you. Unlike Billy, who immediately threw Velma aside even though she paid the full $5,000 and immediately moved on to Roxy.
0: And finally, our favorite character is Amos. I think we chose Amos as our number one character because he was so caring and loving, and if anything, he was a loyal man. He took the blame for murdering Fred Casely and stood by Roxy's side even though she cheated on
1: him. Mm -hmm. Although he did have many good personality traits, in the end, we thought that he was too naive and trusting, and too loyal. Too loyal to the extent that he was a pushover. He just blindly followed along with everyone, and he didn't really think for himself. He wasn't smart enough to run the game himself, so he let himself get played for too long. And that's especially clear by the way that he wholeheartedly believed the lies that Roxy put out to the media.
0: Right, exactly. Now, I think overall, throughout all three movies, we didn't really like any of the characters from the 20s, except for Jordan, Nick, and Cosmo, who I think were just morally better.
1: Mm -hmm. I think the problem here was that we ourselves probably would not fit into the 20s at all we have very fundamentally different morals and i'm not surprised at all that i didn't like the characters i think we would literally just be the amoses of the 20s because we wouldn't be able to keep up right Exactly. but um i think overall i still really love the character development of this movie so much better than that in singing in the rain okay i think that's a good place to pause we'll be right back
0: We're back to discuss the message of the film.
1: Yes, there are quite a few messages to dissect the film, and starting off with the recurring theme of greed.
0: right. so I think in Chicago, one of the main factors of greed was Mama and Billy. So with Mama, we can see that she's using her position of power to her advantage like as she walks by the prisoner cells, prisoners slip her bills in exchange for vice and with Billy, um, you can see that his greed is quite apparent when he takes on cases for extremely high prices. I mean, he charges insane prices for his services.
1: Mm -hmm. I think another really obvious example for greed in this movie is in the portrayal of Roxy and Velma. Now, they're both very young and very ambitious young women. And they're especially very, very greedy for media attention. Now, I know they obviously wanted the media attention because that would dictate the court date (laughs) but in the end they always said just think about the money we can make if we work together now they were both very cunning and cutthroat to be in the showbiz because that those are the characteristics that you needed to survive and it's very clear that Amos, poor sweet Amos, was too soft and he got left behind and ultimately because roxy was more ambitious had more greed for fame she stepped right all over poor Amos and used him as a stepping stone for her own fame.
0: Right. Now, another major theme that we saw in the movie was the role of power. And I think this is super apparent in the puppet scene um, when Billy is, you know, the puppet master and he has total control over the reporters, Roxy and Velma. And during the mouth conf- <laughs> the press conference, excuse <laughs> me, uh, Roxy's mouth was movie but Billy was the one who was actually answering for her. And so the underlying message was that women might try to be independent, but in the end, they're just a puppet, and the words coming out of their mouths usually reflect the opinions of the men in power, like Billy, or even their husbands.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, earlier on, right before the press conference, Thelma warned Roxy that Billy only looks out for Billy. So Roxy initially tried to take the initiative, and she thought she had it all down. But in the end, Billy once again regained control over the situation. Now, this can also be seen in Sing in the Rain. Lena, through Lena's lack of voice, in the movie, she wanted to give out speeches. But um, RF said that it would be best to do all the talking because of And even later, once she still never had an opportunity her voice to get heard because her voice was wrong
0: right now another common message between all three movies is that you shouldn't trust exterior uh, appearances because it doesn't always portray the person accurately um and there's a lot of two-faced people um in chicago and a prime example of that is billy you know in the beginning he's singing about how he's only about love and all he cares about is love and then you know two seconds later he's telling amos where is my five thousand dollars?
1: Now, this is also very apparent in seeing in the rain through Don and Lena's fake relationship. Now, in front of the press, in front of the media, everyone thinks that they're about to get married. The public loves them, but in reality, it's clear that Don absolutely hates her. And this theme can also be seen in *Great Gatsby* through the portrayal of Gatsby's character. So, the way that his character is portrayed, you never know the full story about his character until the end in the beginning you only know about him in bits and pieces that he shows and this really puts up a front for his character he never tells the full truth and this results in a fake appearance that he shows the media
0: now i think a final message that we took away from the movie was that you can't do anything alone
1: yeah this is really obvious in the way that roxy and Vilma both wanted the spotlight to themselves, and they let this fame get to their head. However, their overconfidence led them to face a period of humility.
0: Right. For Velma, that was when Roxy takes over the papers, and she realizes that she's no longer relevant, and that Velma, she couldn't find work as a solo dancer. And for Roxy, um, this happened after the trial, where she thinks she's at the peak of her career, but she realizes that no one actually cares about her, and that they didn't even want her pictures and that she actually needed Billy. And once they realized that they couldn't do it alone, they were successful in the end because they realized they had to work together.
1: Now, this also uh, happens in the scene of the rain where huh. Lena gets too greedy because she wants all the fame for herself. When she found out that Kathy was voicing her parts, she didn't want to share the fame. So she tried to take all the credit for herself. She got too greedy. But in the end... She realized that her career with talkies would be absolutely nothing if it weren't for Kathy. Lena's dependence on Kathy almost parallels Roxy's need for Billy to clear her case. Okay, I think
0: that's a good place to pause. We'll take a short break before we talk about the accuracy of the film. All right, let's jump right into it.
1: Obviously, there were many inaccuracies due to the fact that this was a musical, but let's just start off with what was accurate.
0: Now, I know this isn't really a big deal at all, but I just wanted to point out the hair again, since we've already done this in the previous movies. So again, there's a discrepancy between curly hair and straight hair. Broxy has curly hair and Velma has straight hair, and honestly, no one really cares, but we're just going to say that this is an accuracy since everyone has short hair.
1: Mm -hmm. However... Another very solid accuracy was the party and alcohol consumption. And this is definitely a well-known trait of the all the flapper culture and whatnot. And there were many scandalous outfits here. Now we know that prohibition started sometime in the 19. So there was a lot of secret alcohol consumption behind closed doors because people wanted their fix of alcohol and we could clearly see that happening here. Now, another major accuracy, (laughs) was the corruption in jail cells. And I think that this was portrayed very clearly through Mama's character. Whenever, um, when she was passing by some of the jail cells, you could see that Velma always had a few spare bills tucked away and she would always slip them to Mama. And in exchange, Mama would give her some cigars or alcohol.
0: Right, and I think we could see corruption in Gatsby and Singing in the Rain as well, specifically police officer corruption. So in Gatsby, when Gatsby is You know, driving recklessly and driving over the speed limit, the police officer turns a blind eye once he realizes that it's Gatsby. And in Singing in a Rain, a similar situation happens when Don is trespassing in Kathy's car, and the police officer should stop him, but again, turns a blind eye because Don is a celebrity.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of the law, there were quite a few murders in this movie. First of all, Roxy kills Fred Casely, which is obviously the driving factor of the whole movie. And Velma also kills her husband and sister. Now we did a little outside research and found that the homicide rate increased 78% compared to pre-prohibition. And as prohibition started entering the 20s, there was a lot of secret drinking going on. And people found that increased drinking led to increased crime rates. So the whole point of prohibition was try to reduce these crime rates. However, all of this secret drinking led to increased crime rates instead of reducing them.
0: Yeah, and we can also see this in Gatsby. You know, Daisy was drunk driving and she accidentally kills Mrs. Wilson. And then Mr. Wilson kills Gatsby because Daisy kills Mrs. Wilson. So we see this cyclical pattern of alcohol leading to murder, leading to more murder.
1: Mm -hmm. How about we move on to the inaccuracies now? And starting off with promiscuity. Now, I know we mentioned this as an accuracy earlier because the twenties was definitely a very promiscuous time period. However, we think that the scandalous outfits in this movie might have been a little bit over exaggerated. Um just to give them just to give the movie a little extra flair.
0: Yes, and I think this this over exaggeration or you know, how promiscuous everything is portrayed makes it more similar to the parties in Gatsby. Um but again, both of these movies were shot Rather recently, maybe that has something to do with it. All right, now it's time for what you've all been listening for. Andrea, was Chicago a wreck or a wreck?
1: In my opinion, I would definitely highly recommend this movie. I actually loved everything about it. The music and dance, the filming, the plot, just everything. It was definitely my favorite movie that we've reviewed so far on this podcast.
0: I completely agree with you there. And I agree, this might be my favorite one. You can't beat that soundtrack.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you heard it. Final answer is that it's a hard wreck from us.
0: Well, I guess it's the end of Movie Wreck or Wreck. We both really enjoyed recording these episodes for our listeners and watching these movies from the 20s.
1: That's right. These podcasts were always the highlight of my week. And once again, we would like to thank our listeners for tuning in every week with us to discuss these movies. This won't be the end of Movie Wreck or Wreck with Andrea Shang and Elizabeth Zone.